the biggest mistake when it comes to marketing that agents do is they create commercials on their social media, forgetting that people are actually going on social media to escape. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acree. And our guest today is actually someone that we had met at an entrepreneur conference last year. Yes, and it was a we, great conference. Yeah, we were so impressed by his ability to market that conference so quickly, get so many people to show up, so many like-minded people. As a matter of fact, we were sitting there during the conference and the people in front of us turned around and said, are, are you Reminder Media? Are you guys Reminder Media? We're like, well, yeah, we are. Like, I'm one of your clients. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. I also met Josh Handler there, which um, I was interviewed on his podcast. That's wild. And he's a real estate agent, I believe, in Long Island. Yeah, yeah. And it was weird how that whole ecosystem So it shows you the power of uh, our guest's ability to pull people together. But before we bring him on, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. This week's feature review comes from Jet Paradis. Uh, He says, short, sweet, informative, five stars. I've listened to many podcasts podcast about business, marketing, sales, and techniques. Some good, some bad, some oversaturated with advertisements. Stay Paid Podcast really takes its listeners into consideration and focuses it on them. It's comical. It's informative. It's genius. They really deserve a listen. So go and listen. I subscribed to them. Did did he really write that? He did. (laughs) I subscribed to them right away after hearing my first episode of listening. And Jet Paradis was um, 2006's uh, time person of the year, according to his wow. Instagram. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. I mean, so were you, you, so you, by the way. Oh, I was. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Times person of the year in 2006 was you. So you could actually put that oh, in your Oh, was Instagram. it really? That's so <laughs> fantastic. So you got to be direct in sales, as they say. That guy was very direct. You got to go listen to this. Got to go listen to it. You got to. I'm excited, though, for today. Yeah. Our guest today is JB Mulvaden. He is the founder and CEO of Tilry Success Solutions, the premier real estate training company on the East Coast. Tilry trains real estate agents and brokerages on new age sales sales and marketing strategies, enabling agents to excel and become top producers in their markets. He also hosts the annual Entrepreneur Conference, which we mentioned a little bit earlier, and has collaborated with some of the best in the industry, including Grant Cardone, Brad Lee, and Tim Grover. And his newest venture is writing his new book titled Be Great at What You Hate, How to Make Your Weaknesses Your Biggest Moneymaker. JB, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm Luke. Excited to be here. Yeah, JB, excited to interview you, man. So I want to dive right in, um, you know, to just the really everything that you're doing from the training and the marketing and the real estate. But I'd love to give just for you to give a little bit of your background and like what led you to where you're at today from going into real estate, being a trainer and then throwing this conference. Like what leads someone to do that? Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it's funny how I got into this whole thing. My background isn't real estate. I actually got into real estate when I was uh, 19 years old. Uh, so, I, and that was in 2008, which was the best time, as you know, to get into real estate. <laughs> so, yeah, during that time, I was, you know, I was young. I uh, just got out of college. I wasn't even out of college. I was still in college at the time. And uh, I spent a couple of years trying to find myself as a real estate agent. It was, uh, it was difficult in the beginning. And what led to it was after a couple of years, I kind of codified some processes and, and built a pretty strong team. And during those times, uh, I was asked by my broker, just, hey, can you, can you train some of these agents? Can you, uh, can you fill in a few of these classes? I was kind of voluntold into coaching people. Uh, before you know it, um, we, have, we had a company of 500 agents and um, my, my coaching class was actually responsible for 20% of the revenue for that company. Wow, wow. So 
it started to really grow. And I know for 10 years, they're trying to put together a coaching program and just wouldn't come together. And then people started to really latch onto it. And then to be honest, I started to enjoy training agents more than just selling real estate because it was really something incredible. Uh, so in 2019, I decided, okay, I'm not going to do this just a small scale anymore. I'm going to get into really creating a, a real company that can train agents, uh, not just one brokerage, but everyone around and help them with their marketing, their skills and get that going. That's when I started uh, Tilbury Success Solutions. I, uh, I pulled out of the actual real estate sales because uh, during that time, my, my, my team was on top. We were in President's Club on the East Coast with Keller Williams. And wow. we were like top, top 4%, I believe at the time. And then from there, uh, I went into full coaching. Uh, so we started coaching. I built a studio, which I'm in right now. Um, I, I built a, a media team and, and that was designed just to promote myself. And I kept being asked to put together events or help people with their marketing. And it wasn't something I was advertising, uh, which actually led to kind of um, us getting into the event space, which is what we do now. So in addition to training agents, now we put together conferences like the Entrepreneur Conference, which is our first one, which I really appreciate you and, you and everyone else to Reminder Media for your support and coming out to that. And uh, now we're in that space. We're, cons we're, con we're consulting real estate agents and uh, we're helping them with their sales. And we're also creating events for, for people that are entrepreneurs at all levels, not just in the real estate industry. I love That's that. Incredible. Well, talk to us this way um, because obviously I want to get into the marketing strategies because you're a marketing whiz, but you got a thousand people to show up to this entrepreneur conference. The first conference that you threw and you did it, I believe, I might be quoting it wrong, but like in a really short timeline, like 30 days or something of marketing, and you got a thousand people to show up. Can you walk us through just high level? Like, how did you do that? How did you get a thousand people to buy tickets and show up to Long Island? Not knocking Long Island for all the people out there that, what do you call them, the Long Islanders, right? But yeah, not, Islanders, not, yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm not knocking you guys, but it's not the best place to go for a conference. And you got a thousand people to show up. Like, how did you do that from a marketing and sales standpoint? Well, I mean, th that's a great question. And um, the, the funny thing was, is prior to that 30 days, out of a thousand tickets, we maybe had 72 tickets sold. So wow, when you're okay. looking at like that last, the third, that, that 30 day marker, that's really where we actually put the advertising together. Um, so the way we did it was, was a few things. We had a lot of, we had a lot of issues building up to the conference because with, with COVID, um, a lot of venues would book us, we would book them. And then they would tell us, Oh, by the way, you can't have this many people. We only have 200 people there. Mm -hmm. So we kept having to delay promotion just in case, um, we had to cancel this event. You know, you don't want to be in a position to have to, you know, reverse everything that you just, yeah, did. I didn't so even think about did, that. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, we had some venue changes, some date swaps on us, but it wasn't because we were wanted to do that. It's because the venues that we were signing contracts with, we're changing their policies last minute on us. Um, so our capacity would change. So that led us to not be able to promote the way we wanted to. But here's what we did do. Um, I have a base. In Long Island, my, my base is the real estate industry. And a lot of people um, in Long Island know me or my company. Outside of Long Island, that's where it becomes a little bit more in obscurity. So what we did was our media team went and we surveyed every single client, that almost every single client that we ever had. And when we surveyed them, we asked them, um, what are they doing? What do they have missing in their career right now? What do they want? And if they got that, what would their life be like? Mm. And overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, most people said they want to stop chasing customers and clients and they want those clients to chase them. 
So we started to come up with copyright around that. So get known outside of your network or, you know, the, 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 the cost it takes to, you know, to get known or how to grow your business. Well, we created 108 different ad variations Wow. Uh, with different type of videos, different copy. And we ran those daily for about a month and a half, eliminating piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. Finally, to a point where we were stuck with, not stuck with, left with three ads that were very effective. We put money behind those ads and we were converting about 20%. So 20% of people that would visit would buy. Mm, that's um, really we good. Profitable. Yeah, yeah. It became very good because we we really pushed hard on it and we had the whole team focused on it. We um, we put a lot into it. We, we analyzed a lot. Anyone who would buy a ticket, we'd ask them where they found us how they liked it. We had a lot of tracking metrics. So we can see when someone looks at our ad, we can see uh, what, what platform they were on, when they saw it, when they clicked on it, when they bought it, if they navigated back. And this helped our team um, make better copy and make more compelling actual videos to go with it to make it happen. Also, towards the end, we, uh, we talked to Grant and we had Grant make some videos. We, we had Brad help us. So we actually added the uh, social credibility to it also because the ads became so good. People didn't believe we were real because our, <laughs> our, 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 our pricing, our pricing was relatively compared to all the other conferences. Too, yeah, it was, it was very cost aggressive. effective. Yeah, it was super yeah. cost effective. Yeah. So what it started to happen is, is that our ads started to work, but then people started to get nervous. Like, is this like real? Is this thing like really happening? Uh, so then we, we huddled up again and we got the speakers involved to make sure that if anyone ever had a question, we could forward them the videos from the speaker doing a selfie video that they're going to be there. Smart. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> out of 30 days, 29 days were profitable. Of wow. running ads, And we were spending anywhere from five. We started at 2,500, but we went all the way up to at one point, almost $9,000 a day. Wow. And like I said, 29 days out of, out of 30 was, uh, was, was profitable. The second day before the conference was the only not profitable day. And that's because <laughs> our guys were so jammed in admin of setting everything up. We couldn't, <laughs> capture all those leads. Well, the gold nugget there that you started off with, so many people think, well, how do I get into advertising? What do I write in my copy? What do I make my ads about? Going and speaking to your yeah. clients and finding out what did they want to accomplish when they started working with you? What did they want to stop doing when they, you know, uh, when they began working with you? So obviously, you know, going through all of that, talking about all of the different marketing that you've done for your own conference, we want to kind of make this tangible to our audience, which we know we have a lot of real estate agents listening. We know that you uh, worked heavily uh, in the real estate industry. What are some of the things that you're seeing from a marketing perspective right now that agents should be focusing on to help get those clients chasing them rather than them always constantly having to go chase new leads? That's a really good question. And um, I wish real estate agents would ask that more too. So I'm glad you asked it so they can, uh, <laughs> they, can, they can follow it. I think one of the hardest things in real estate is real, estate's are, real estate is actually one of the worst advertised industries in the world. If you ever notice when you ever watch like a real estate ad or real estate marketing, it doesn't tend to grab and one of the reasons, aside from his talent and his accomplishments, one of the reasons why Ryan Serhan has really started to dominate the real estate industry is because he's one of the few that, that really understand marketing. Yeah. But we can't all be Ryan Serhan, right? <laughs> so um, so what, I, what I would recommend to a real estate agent is a few things. And I always tell this to my clients. Would you, if you had, you know, you have cable, you have satellite, would you ever go on a channel if the channel's only programming was commercials? You know, and the answer is obviously no. Mm. You wouldn't want to watch a commercial channel. In fact, commercials are so bad that they have to implant them into things that people are watching to make them see it, or else they would never be seen. Uh, they're not <laughs> what desired a great by point. people. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're tolerated by people, but they're not desired by people. So the biggest mistake when it comes to marketing that agents do is they create commercials on their social media, forgetting that people are actually going on social media to escape. Hmm. You know, the same reason why well, when someone goes to a bar, most of the time it's to be in a social scene where they can interact and they can feel, um, you know, it, it, it's a chemical alcohol, right? So it gives someone an actual feeling of buzzed or relaxed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, there's real serotonin being released when you go on social media, you're mm-hmm. laughing, you're getting excited, you're being engaged with stuff. So people are going there for an experience and to be social. So part of that as a real estate agent is to create your own content where you don't have to act. You can just be you and build rapport with people because real estate agents spend too much time focusing on real estate instead of people because you're really in the people business first before you do any real estate. You can't talk to a house. Yeah, well You're talking to a person that's selling a house. What are some of the best content ideas that you have then from a video perspective for real estate? Because I know you guys do video in your media company as well. What are some of those like those benchmark or those keystone pieces of content that they should be doing to avoid always being an advertisement? Yeah, so it's based off their interest. I'll give you some real, real time, real life examples that we've done, and then I can give you some ideas too. So we've done one for an agent who he loves food. Uh, before he came into the, uh, before he went into the real estate industry, a lot of people that he knows is, I mean, I'm sorry, before he came into the real estate industry, a lot of people he knew were from the restaurant hospitality business. So he booked an actual tasting at those places. But the way we set it up, the show is actually called Eat With Joe. Uh, we produced it for him. We set it up like a, like a food network setup. And now he has a bunch of restaurants that are willing to actually do like happy hours for, uh, for his company or, 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 or collaborate with them. And he enjoys doing it. He actually has fun. It's a, it's a legitimate thing. And it comes out really well. And he actually shares that with his clients and future prospects because a lot of people on Facebook actually start to watch him now because he's not just saying, hey, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest, then call me. He's saying look, we all eat. So I know you love eating food. Check this out. And it's right, right in your backyard. So that's one good example. Um, car reviews. Uh, hmm. Sometimes people just like to be funny and make like, you know, catchy stuff, whether that be following a trend on TikTok or whatever else it might be. But having activity that someone can genuinely follow is better. Uh, we actually did a whole training. We did a, a workshop and one of the people were, they're starting a podcast. And they were talking about how um, they, they don't see as many women as they would like in broker roles or leadership roles within the real estate industry. Hmm. And they were talking about some of the challenges of why that was. And boom, they turned into a podcast and they got a lot of engagement from that. You know, half the population is women. They're women. Um, you know, they, they talk about balancing being a mom while also balancing a brokerage. And that resonates a lot. So I would actually go find subjects and whether you want to start your own podcast instead of you trying to be like the whole entertainment or put together a whole production or whether you want to start your own show, uh, by all means do it because you're actually a channel and that's the way you got to treat it. You got to treat it like if you were a channel, what shows are on it and how would you, how would you cast it? So those are some of the pieces of content, but essentially anything that genuinely interests someone, Mm -hmm. they could talk about it with buddies or if they want to get very creative and actually produce it like a TV show, depending on their time and budget. That's a great way to start my opinion. A podcast is an incredibly easy, effective, and inexpensive way to have your prospects view you as an authority. And when your prospects view you as an authority, they're in the proper mindset to buy from you. Get everything you need to start your own podcast with our free ebook, Small Business Podcasting, The Ultimate Starter's Guide. A smartphone, some headphones, and an app is all you need to begin. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting. Take action on this today.
I love that. And when you look at like the social media platforms, right? So the main ones, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, where do you think an agent should really be committed to? Obviously, we'd want them to do all. But if you could Mm -hmm. kind of pick out the top two that you think people should be posting on and how often they should be posting. Uh, that, that, that's a great question. So I, I would, I would have to say it really depends on their attention to detail. Okay. Uh, then, and the reason why I say that is because if you have the, not as much attention to detail, <clears throat> you may want to be on TikTok because everything's built within the app. Uh, it's shorter and the general attention span of the viewer is less. The problem with TikTok is you work a lot to get the following and you need to work a lot to keep it. Um, mm-hmm. it's very much like breathing in and out. Uh, you know, like if I take a nice deep breath, that's only going to last me so long before I got to breathe again. So <laughs> that's <laughs> meaning, a great point. That's meaning a, you just have yeah. to post that much more on TikTok. Like you just have to be that much more consistent with the volume. Absolutely. In fact, I'm not even as active on TikTok. Uh, not because I don't, I don't think it's a great platform. It's just because um, a lot of the clients that we work with that have TikToks, what's successful for them and when we create their content is is just that frequency of Mm-hmm. regular doing. So if you don't have a lot of attention to detail and you kind of like to be on the fly and you don't need a commercial, you don't want a set or anything to work something on. I think TikTok is one of the best apps. Um, if you like to be intensive with your content and you want people to sit and listen, you want to create real programming, then YouTube. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is YouTube is the second largest search engine behind Google. So people that watch your stuff on YouTube are looking for you and they want to watch it like they would on Netflix. Great point. So the yeah. more they can binge watch you, the better. So that requires more effort, but it also retains more. I've made more money off of YouTube than any other platform because people that go on my YouTube watch my stuff. Mm. They spend hours with me. They, they, they talk about stories that I even forgot I said sometimes because I'll go so into it. And that's how you know someone's really following you and watching you. Uh, so that's, that's one. And then when it comes to Instagram, uh, Instagram needs to be a... Um, how do I... The best way to explain it is like this. You need to understand that someone's on Instagram. They want a real person, but they want the best version of that real person. <laughs> That's well said. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you, you, you feel like I'm just going to be me. That's that's awesome. But they're escaping. They're escaping average when they go on Instagram. Because on Instagram, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's rich. And everyone's healthy. And everyone's happy. You know? And um, that may not be the case in, in reality. But what you should do on Instagram is... You should put things that inspire people or they see the best versions of you while staying genuine. And a lot of people sway. They take pictures in front of cars that aren't theirs or they, you know, they borrow their friend's Rolex and they put it on and they look at their watch and, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, that's cool and all. But the, but the thing is, is that like that, that's, that's expensive. You know, Um, it's actually more expensive to act rich than to be rich. It costs more. (laughs) So, um, I actually yeah. really appreciate that ap- approach because I think so many people trying to explain like which platform to go on based on where they see the markets or the trends. But the reality is there's something for everybody on those platforms going in it with the approach of what makes sense for you. Yeah. What can you yeah. actually create? And con- the content you're going to do. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a question for you. This is a selfish question. I was looking at my Instagram this morning trying to figure it out because like everybody, right? I want to be on Instagram too. And so I posted a reel last night. It has 4,161 views right now. And it has 17 likes right on it. Um, This is on Instagram. And I posted another reel on like, I forget if it was New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. It has 2,096 
views, but it has 150 likes and 14 comments. Now, obviously, the content matters. One um, that has the more views is one of our podcast interview. The other one is kind of that trendy thing of snapping a year kind of pictures, right? Of Megan and them. So the Megan, which is my wife and my daughter, Evelyn, got the engagement of the likes and the comments, but the podcast one, which maybe is more hook bait, got way more views. Do you think, JB, that's an algorithm thing? Like, which one is better? Is there one better? Should you go for likes with reels? Should you go with views? Because most of my reels don't get a ton of likes, but they get more views. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? It's kind of a selfish question, but I'm just curious. (laughs) Well, there has to be a good mixture because you have different audiences doing different things. I've had people buy from me that never liked any of my stuff. Interesting. But they've they've never liked it. They've never commented. And the fact that just because they haven't engaged, doesn't mean they didn't see. And that's the most important thing. Um, You know, if we were talking, I mean, we're talking right now face-to-face, but let's say we're face-to-face physically, not online. It would be really rude and really weird for me to not acknowledge anything you say. (laughs) <laughs> right, like you're just talking to me and I'm just like not acknowledging it. That's, that's really weird. But online, we have to get used to that. We have to get used to like no reaction because the no reaction doesn't mean that they didn't love it or, or they didn't see it. There's a few a quadrants of, of, of like content that you should think about. So there's the uh, personal and the personal isn't family. The personal is like, I don't know, you're going fishing with your buddies or uh, maybe you're playing, you're going to the gym or you're doing something. So this is a personal. Then there's the professional, you at work. Um, and then there's family, which is, you know, your wife, your daughter, parents, uncles, aunts, whatever. Uh, but generally it's the household family. Those are the ones that, that will get the most engagement. And then finally flex, there has to be a little bit of flex. And that could be, um, that could be, you know, that could be a cool car that you own, or that could be, you got featured somewhere, or that could be, you're in a big meeting somewhere, but there has to be a little bit of flex in there too. So uh, personal, professional, family, and flex. I thought you if were you talking about literally like flexing shirtless. I was well, going to do that. No, if you can pull kidding. that off, that's <laughs> also a flex. I guess that is a flex. That's my brother, Dan. He's like a fitness model. You know? yeah. No, but that's... Hey, that's look, if I had that body, I would never have a shirt on any of my pictures. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Great point. I want to wear a shirt on this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. So, JB, we got to ask you, man, because it's such good stuff and stuff I think that people can take action on right away. We love asking successful people who come on the show. Are there any routines? And I know you have a book that you're writing, right? That's all about using your your weaknesses as your strengths and stuff. But are there any routines that you've implemented in your life that have driven a ton of success for you? Well, I mean, some of them are going to sound cliche, but they do work. Uh, for me, beating the sun up does help. I haven't used an alarm clock in about a year and a half. And I will say that right after the entrepreneur conference for like a good month, I did sleep in a little bit later, but that's because uh, <laughs> we were like, we, 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 we were definitely uh, like, you know, pal, uh, to the metal. But I think waking up early helps a lot because when you wake up early, you can do a lot of things that you generally don't have time to do um, during, during that time. So I think all your actual administrative stuff should be done in the morning. Um, I do believe you should have a mentor, uh, of some sort in the routine. And here's what I mean by routine. It's um, because it is part of routine. They don't have to be a person you can call and ask a question to. They could have some, they could be someone with content. They could be books that you're listening to. They don't even have to be alive. Hmm. You know, as long as they were smart and, and they've left information behind, part of your routine should be hearing from that mentor every single day. Um, and so there's nothing left to take from them and then, and then find another one that can help you too. So I, I would definitely make that part of your drives. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time in their cars. And uh, you can definitely fill in some, some, some spaces that way. 
And um, another piece of your routine is to really audit. Um, well, I do this every day on my drive home. Did I, did I enjoy today? Mm. And you have to audit, like, how, what's the quality of things going? Like, are you tired a lot? Like, most of the time, if you're tired, it's not physical. There's something going on that's burning you out. And if you're auditing your day regularly and making sure that what's doing good, you, you feed more fire to, that, that'll help. So, but beat the sun up, you know, definitely be in contact with your mentor. Use that in your drives or in throughout your day. And then audit your day at the end of the day to, to make sure how you can make it better. And, and you know, there's just a little side piece of advice is when you lose, just let it go. Mm, <laughs> you know, like just let that. it go. Don't focus on the losses. Absolutely. That's great stuff. All right, JB, final question. Knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell your younger self, that guy before college, maybe before getting into real estate, what would you go back and what advice would you give him? Oh, uh, I would, I would tell him if you really want to be successful, you're going to have to face the fact that some people may not like you or like what you're doing. The quicker you, the quicker you accept not being liked or rejected in circumstances, the much quicker you'll have everything you want in life. Love it. Nugget. All right, JB. Thank you so much for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Find out about the 2022, right? 2022 Entrepreneur Conference and everything you're doing over Tillery. Yeah. So you can follow me on social at JB Bolvedin. That's across anywhere. Put JB Bolvedin on any platform. There I am. And uh, entrepreneurconference.live is where the information is going to be for 2022, which we're dropping at ne- next month. By mid-next month, we'll have all the information for that too. Love awesome. That. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, you can get those links that JB mentioned over at staypaidpodcast.com. You can get all the show notes and the video there as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your support, first ways to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts along with a, re- a comment and your review. You can also review Spotify Podcast now. So they just released that not too long ago. I don't know if everyone has it yet, but it, check your Spotify, look up Stay Paid, make sure that you can rate us, drop us a five-star. It even gives you a little special message. You're one of the first. Really? Yeah. So make sure to be one of the first. Makes you feel special. And the best way to help out the show, show your support, is to tell a friend, share this episode on your social media. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com, or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. What a great episode. JB, thank you, man. You're the real deal. I would encourage everybody, go follow JB and check out the Entrepreneur Conference. I mean, we'll probably be headed back, I'm sure. Um, just because it was so valuable when we went. Uh, Here's my action item for you, though, because I think it was really, really powerful. One of the golden nuggets dropped at the beginning is, hey, look, you got to write good marketing copy and you got to have great sales pitches. And the way to have great sales pitches is to learn from the people that are actually your clients. Why did they use you? And so why not, instead of hiring a consultant for your business, why not call your clients, survey them like JB did to find out how to advertise this conference, find out what your clients loved about you. What was it that they really, really valued? What was the pain points that you were solving for them? Get that from them and then make variations of copy and emails and start tweaking your pitch to match what your clients actually enjoyed. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry. His top producers take action. Take action on that today. 